Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. This is V the Great Economist coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning. We have with us the man of the hour who needs no introduction. It is the one and only Velas. He's here to break things down, but first, go check out our paid sponsors, mycbdedibles.com. Mycbdedibles.com for all your CBD edible goodness. It's everywhere you want to, it's everything that you could ever hope for in CBD. Mycbdedibles.com. With that being said, CJ, Velas, what's up, gentlemen? How are you? Good morning, guys. Happy what, Friday. Happy Friday. Yes, 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 indeed. Where do we begin? We begin where we always begin, which is not my normal narrative on <laughs> here are all the things in the memory hole. Yeah. Um, correction from last week's show. Uh, my thanks to the folks on YouTube. Glad to know people are paying attention. Uh, made a mistake, uh, and I call that out if I do it. Um, Sudan is in East Africa, not West. Uh, my bad. I was making an analogy about various countries, governments who've been overthrown to get to their natural resources. Um, uh, also, my thanks to uh, V and CJ for the clip they used yesterday from um, the testimony of the guy who was telling the prosecutor, no, you did tell me to change my my testimony, where <laughs> immediately following it is the clip out of old school uh, <laughs> with him yelling at everybody going, we can't, standing in his, in his uh, tidy whitey underwear, we can't freak out. It's important that we don't freak out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for those See, of you can who you play that clip again, this is brilliant. <laughs> Which clip know. was it again? The it's the one. Uh, I'll send it to you. Go ahead, Val. Okay. Keep yeah, good. Go keep going, Val. Yeah. yeah and uh, uh, for those of you who who may not have caught it, and you know, if in doubt, go. Uh, I think it's still on YouTube, but if not, go to Twitch or go to the roguenews.com uh, page. Um, Gus's show yesterday, probably one of the best he ever did. Uh, sincerely. So speaking of Gus, we have a secret clip we made of Gus Demos's problem-solving me uh, method. So, uh, VJ, if you'd be good enough to play that. Away, 
stay in school. <laughs> that looks like Gus from the nineties. <laughs> that's uh that's the famous Timothy Oliphant uh in the movie Girl Next Door. And like I love that movie and I love that character. It's probably the best I've ever seen Oliphant play. But when Gus was on the show, and then I've actually caught a couple of videos of Gus doing his his firm's, you know, yeah. wares and what they do. And I thought, man. That's that's so something he would do, and where the teacher's like, "May I help you?" and he just snaps his finger at him, the guy backs off. So uh, with that, uh, our next clip. Uh, this is the. It's not going to be an all clip Friday, but we got a couple. Uh, play the next one uh, of the Simpsons one, CJ, if you would. It's always wonderful when a successful and childless alumnus returns. Oh it's delightful how you take turns sniffing after my money. Now here's a group that was established in 1909. I hate modern music. To the tables down at Maurice, to the place where Louis dwells, to the dear old temple bar we love so well. <laughs> the whiff and poofs. I'll buy you a new library if you have them killed. So many have tried to kill them. But other smug jackasses in white gloves would just take their place. We can't be stopped. Well, I am here to offer you money. I'd like to endow a Department of Nuclear Plant Management. Wonderful. Of course, we can't do nuclear. Our students are highly entitled wusses. You'd be creating a space for violence to happen. Hmm. How about <laughs> a chair in the non-narrative cinema of self-identified pansexuals? What? 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 We also need to hire more deans to decide which Halloween costumes are appropriate. Eight deans should do it. Is this still a coven of capitalism where evil money can acquire a patina of virtue? Yes, that's in our charter. But with an issue as heteropatriarchal as nuclear power, we'll have to hire multicultural empathizers, build a new safe space. Not so fast. We insist on a chair of anti-nuclear studies and a nuclear-neutral curriculum pathway. Absolutely, Teddy. We run all decisions past the squash team. Also, the fencing team, water polo, and handsome Dan, the mascot. Place me, you hound. <laughs> What's happened to this place? Yeah. This was the home of ruthless media disruptor Samuel F.B. Morse, who's his successor. That fellow? Fellow. That word is cisgender normative, okay? Oh, my God. And Hitler. Too late for flattery. I'm not giving this school a dime. You're Hitler. Too late for flattery. <laughs> You're Hitler. Blended right that's in. good, CJ. You stop it. Productions of The Crucible going in the... Oh, my God. That's hilarious. And then a clip that multiple people have, have said on multiple boards I've been on, not just on Discord, but other sources. The following clip you're about to see, there's multiple people who've said, there's no way this is not the Babylon Bee. And it's like, no, this is real. Um, go ahead and play the one from Australia, uh, CJ. Whoa, is that... Hang on, let me add it real quick. Am I missing one? Is it this one? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. Volume. Volume and restart. 
who was shot dead with a gun was counted as an official COVID death. Now, this isn't the Babylon Bee. Well, Simon, today the Ministry of Health added a, another death to its COVID-19 recording. A man named Robert Hart sustained serious gunshot injuries outside a Newland motel last week, and he died despite first aid attempts. Now, since his death, health authorities say he tested positive for COVID-19. The meme comes true again. So then you have to ask how someone who sustained these types of injuries and then died ends up as part of our COVID-19 death tally. Now, the Ministry of Health says that's because under the World Health Organization guidelines, anyone who dies while also having an acute COVID-19 infection is recorded as part of a nation's death tally, whatever the cause of death might be. The New Zealand Herald reports family grieving an Auckland father shot and killed in a Newland driveway face further devastation. He has since tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah, I think oh. the fact that he's been shot dead is pretty devastating enough. But in all seriousness, because Hart tested positive for COVID after he was pronounced dead, authorities are now preventing his family from giving him a funeral. Health authorities may test a deceased person for COVID-19 if their cause of death is not clear. If their cause of death is not clear, he was gunned down on the street, for fuck's sake. Must be another COVID <laughs> death then. Let's not forget, entire countries have been put under lockdown in response to one COVID case. Alice Springs, a town in Australia, 800 miles away from the nearest city was put under full lockdown after a single coronavirus case was detected. Meanwhile, the Queensland president of the Australian Medical Association says that Aussies who refused the jab will be unemployable, miserable. Watch this stuff that's about to come up. Oh, they're crazy not to get vaccinated. Life will be miserable without being vaccinated. You won't be able to hide. It's going to be very hard to maintain your employment if you're not vaccinated. Mm. You won't be able to go anywhere for any entertainment. So get vaccinated, otherwise you're going to have a very, very lonely life and you're not going to be able to maintain your employment but it's not mandatory wow, wow. that was that loud wow <laughs> this oh is God. like and the aussies what, what what the hell are these aussies doing oh, it's not them it? it's it's their government and it's the people who got into their government and it's you know and if you go back and and i know it's a sensitive subject but but the whole thing about the the russia hoax and stuff and this isn't you know, pro or not pro Donald, but <clears throat> the one of the financiers that was backing that research for the Clintons was the Australian ambassador, who's connected to who? Lord Malik Brown. Who's Lord Malik Brown? L uh, the London Corporation, which is what Soros. <laughs> I mean, Soros these people are literally and figuratively all in bed with each other. Yeah. On so yeah, all fatalities are COVID fatalities. All of them. Every last one of them. <laughs> It's okay. It could be like Chicago. Did you guys see that? That there was a shootout in Chicago between two rival gangs. I think they found like over a hundred casings. Okay, and I think I think maybe two people were killed, and and the police finally responded, but there were no charges against anyone because it was deemed mutual violence. No, no, it was called combat. it was called mutual combat. Mutual, mutual combat. combat. It was dueling. <laughs> Which is mutual combat. It's been illegal ever since that whole Aaron Burr thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if one of those guys that died would have had COVID, it would have been an entire different situation. There would have been a lockdown. <laughs> yeah, see, if their aim had been better, we could have counted those as COVID deaths. You know how many rounds were discharged during that? How mutual many? 70 rounds. Wow. 70 rounds. I think, what, two guys died, eight injured. I mean, in the middle of a residential neighborhood, 
mutual combat, no charges. Yep. Insanity. You know, in That's the old days, level of in, insanity. in the old days, you'd ride your carriage out to a secluded area so that any stray bullets didn't hurt anybody. And you had your second check the gun before uh, before the duel began. Yep. Of course, as I've said for years, if we re reinstituted dueling in the U.S. government, we could clean this country up in about a oh month. God, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I want to thank Zero Hedge this morning for an article they had where they brought back a classic Trotsky statement, which was, you may not be interested in politics, but politics is interested in you, which uh, is in line with another favorite quote of mine from the movie uh, Constantine, which is, you may not believe in the devil, but he believes in you. Yep. Some of you may have seen this week, Pfizer's CEO uh, made some comments, and I'm still kind of reviewing these because it's, it's various foreign news services, and i got to get copies of their clips and so on. Most of the alternative press zeroed in on his discussing that the shots for the COOF uh, are, in fact, mRNA shots, where previously everybody kept using the word vaccine. That's not what caught my attention. What caught my attention is, is if you, and it's, you know, it's a normal thing. It's not the front end. you got to kind of go through his whole commentary there. He said probably one of the most frightening things I've heard in the past few months. He said they're finding more and more people, this is the CEO of Pfizer, that uh, through the um, issuing of these shots worldwide, he said they're finding more and more people who have, and this is a direct quote, there are mistakes in their DNA. Now, he's a bit all over the board after he says that. But if you listen to what he said a couple of times, hmm. there's two pieces to what he's saying. First, due to people who have, quote-unquote, mistakes in their DNA, that this is the reason why we're not getting the results out of the inoculations we thought we would to prevent the COOF, because you have mistakes in your DNA. And that opens a lot of conjecture uh, that would take a lot of time to prove, is that even happening? And, of course, what kind of mistakes are we talking about here? The second piece was, um, it's why he went on to say that mRNA drugs of many kinds not just for COOF, are now needed. Because you see, we have to fix all these mistakes in people's DNA. And as I'm listening to this a couple of times over with my headphones on, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, if this was Munich in 1935, that would definitely have a completely different meaning than we're possibly oh hearing him God. say right now. So we see, we got to find all these people who have mistakes in their DNA because I'm not even sure they should be part of the human race. Uh, stay tuned to see where he goes with that one. <laughs> um, well, for those I'm, not you, sure, I'm not sure if you caught it yet because it ties directly into what you just said, Velas, but I'm not sure if you guys were aware, but the American Heart Association has been able to identify why all, all young people or several young people are having heart attacks. Did you guys know that? The American Heart Association has determined what that was? Oh, well, lay, it what is it? lay it on us, man. It's cannabis. It's weed. Oh, <laughs> Jeff it's Sessions like, was right. It's reefer madness. It's oh, reefer madness. It, is that what it is? Oh, okay. Thank you for letting us know. It's cannabis. Nothing else. Oh. It has nothing to do with the jab. Boy, I knew that would get your attention. <laughs> wow. it, all, it all makes sense now. Oh, wow. baby. And so I get the, it. You know, they use the they use the cannabis. They get hungry and they eat whatever is in the cupboard, causing their you know, causing the arteriosclerosis to occur, and they die. It right. makes perfect sense. Well, and they put on weight, which weakens their immune system. Yeah. Wow, oh. it's all cannabis' fault. Wow. So, so for those of you who saw the movie The Big Short, uh, the, the, in the movie there was an uh, interesting portrayal of, of uh, Michael Burry 
Um, the real Michael Burry uh, has caused some dust-ups lately, including some comments he just made this morning. Now, about a year or so ago, Burry made a comment where he said GE, General Electric, is essentially a Ponzi scheme that could blow up at any minute. Now, that's kind of funny because back on the 9th of this month, which is Tuesday of this week, GE, in case you missed it, is basically breaking itself into three parts. And they're spinning off energy and healthcare into distinct businesses. And the only thing that's going to be left of what once was General Electric is GE Aircraft. That's it. Burry also recently said he felt Elon Musk is unloading stock to pay for his personal debts. Now, that would just be Burry's opinion, as informed as it may be, if it were not for several other pieces out there on the fringes concerning Elon Musk. One of the bigger ones being the website Crazy Days and Nights, which is uh, kind of a rumor mill for, for stuff going on, not just in Hollywood, but globally. They've been posting uh, stories for quite some time about yeah. Musk supposedly having a raging drug habit and then correlating if he wasn't meeting with his dealer, then why was he photographed here at this time when he was supposed to have been at a party, et cetera, et cetera. And the other thing about Musk that that site's been talking about is, is that um, possibly due to his drug habit or just not watching what he's saying, um, he's been at high-end parties where he's been opening his mouth about the work he's been doing for the government that's not publicly known, including, quote-unquote, advanced propulsion out in Nevada, wink, wink. So uh, Burry's comments to me would mean that if your government agency is working with him, you need to exit that situation quickly. Um, it looks like he's getting closer to blowing up on the tarmac. And keep an eye out on on uh, Elon in case we hear anything else about him in the news or perhaps he's gone missing. Jeez, um, the other thing Burry said was um, people had accused him prior to the 2008 crash of not doing more to warn people. Um, so he's been very vocal of late, because uh, he kind of took that one personally, uh, about what he thinks of the current market. And of course, this morning, he qualified some of his comments from earlier this week, where he's basically identifying specific aspects of the 1920s, the 1970s, and the 1990s that I believe are occurring all simultaneously right now. One of his, one of his other comments this morning was to remind everybody that inflation is a regressive form of tax. Yeah. So... Let's talk about the craziness of our interstate highway systems being racist, because I wanted to weigh in on this. It is racist. It, it, it stops, uh, you know, young black and Puerto Rican kids from going to the beach in New York. because You know, the, the buses can't run through the uh, the highways. Well, and, and people have poked on um, a couple of specific you. examples that I felt were taken way out of context. However, the, hi the highway system is not racist. Uh, it is unfair based on economics. And it was very consistent as long as you were poor, regardless of race. Now, let me explain. When we built the national highway system after World War II in the United States, you have to remember that we were basically building the German Autobahn, going from left to right, east to west, and north to south, and a few loops and stuff throughout the country. And that was a lot of concrete, and it was a lot of steel, and a lot of rebar, which came in handy because we had all these industries that were producing all these war goods, and we had soldiers coming home. Or as I've often said about the Roman Empire building the main Colosseum in Rome, when thousands of professional killers come home, it does help to make sure they have a job. So a lot of towns got bypassed. And if you know anything about the history of Route 66, you know, some of Route 66 was matched by, and I forget which highway it is, it runs through Missouri, but there's a portion of the interstate highway system that sustained what was Route 66, 
But when the rest of the interstate highway system was built, a number of other towns were completely bypassed. And they basically died on the vine because nobody was using the old Route 66 because now I've got this big interstate I can use. But they had to build the interstate through the poorest areas because that land was cheaper to buy. So they built it through communities who were, yes, African-American and Latino, but poor white as well. So first is the history of what really occurred. And then, then of course, is the madness in current time of saying that the infrastructure bill is going to address that in a, in a, uh, economic inequality. So the question to Pete Buttigieg is, and how exactly are you going to do that? Are you going to reroute all of these highways now away from major cities and, and direct them where? Um, Victory, uh, World of Education, the National School Boards Association, or NSBA. Uh, these are the good people who said that parents questioning school boards and their rightful duties are domestic terrorists. Um, as of this program today, Friday, uh, I've had to edit the following information twice because I, I was preparing my, my notes for today and, and Monday the 8th, South Carolina had withdrawn from the NSBA. Uh, and then that at that time, that was seven states who'd withdrawn and 23 state school boards said that they were rejecting the NSBA uh, handling of this. As of today on Friday, thanks to states like Wisconsin, the latest state to withdraw, the total of state, of state education boards who have withdrawn from the NSBA is now 10 and 26 states have objected to the group's stance on that subject. That's a considerable change in less than five days. And uh, a lot of this is being tracked by the Parents Defending Education Group, which I mentioned on a prior show. Um, and they, the website and stuff is posted on Discord on the VELUS section, hashtag VELUS on October 7th. Um, Homeland Security confirmed a drone was used in a first of its kind power grid attack in Pennsylvania in July of 2020. Uh, it was relatively simple. Uh, there was a long uh, copper cable that was hung from the unit to try and short circuit any live wires it may have come in contact with at a substation. Um, the unit evidently didn't reach its target, and there wasn't a whole lot of detail about how it was built or, you know, was it commercial or whatever. It was the Russians. Right. Using, using Turkish uh, stuff. Um, I'd like to remind everybody about my comment on last week's show about the explosives found on barges in the Ohio River carrying coal. Um, and then of course the, the one I, I kind of did a, a portion of a whole show on last fall where I talked about what happened in 2014 up in Northern California, where a shooter was hitting a key substation outside Silicon Valley using mercury tipped bullets. Why does that matter? Mercury explodes on contact. It's often used by assassins because even if you survive the bullet wound, mercury in your blood will kill you within a minute or two. But the other thing is liquid mercury, when it strikes electrical equipment, it tends to explode into a metallic vapor. So it's like one big contact point, uh, and it helps stuff to short out. When that shooter was shooting that substation, they took out, now I'm probably got my facts wrong, so, so don't anybody go pinging me going, you had your data wrong. Whatever it was, it was like, let's say there's four or five major components of that substation. They were short one of those. They, they took out four when, when you'd have to take out five to knock out the whole substation. But it did scare the crap out of a lot of people on the West Coast because if that substation had failed, you would have lost all power in Silicon Valley for quite a long time. So let's keep our eyes and ears open as we move into the winter because we've certainly had a perfect storm this year of things we've covered on Rogue from everything from uh, refrigerated trucks carrying meat to meat provider warehouses breaking down due to viral attacks and the list, uh, the list goes on. One of the main topics, or the main topic I was going to cover today, is about the VERS system, V 
B-A-E-R-S. I wanted to provide a little bit more clarity and detail about this because we've got a lot of folks on our show and other shows out there that are, I don't want to say throwing around terms, but we're using that terminology a lot. And I, I think the time has come for having a little clarity on this. Also, um, two rather significant discoveries that were made uh, this week relating to the data in that system. So what is the VERS system? Well, the VERS word stands for Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Uh, it was established around 1990, not obviously because of COOF. This was long before COOF. Um, its purpose was meant to be an early warning system to detect possible safety problems in U.S. licensed vaccines, and it's co-managed by the CDC and the FBA, FDA. The databases in the VERS system uh, are online, by the way, and can be publicly accessed and reviewed at any time, and the system is updated each week. And as I discussed last week, uh, the folks entering the data into the system are very, very behind in catching up on the large backlog of data that's been sent into the system. This is the age-old thing of, of anyone. Could be a doctor, could be a nurse, could be you and me. We can submit information to the VERS system and they've got a form you fill out. But it still takes federal employees to go through all of that and review and make sure the right details there, et cetera, before it's actually entered in the system. That's in part what's causing the backlog. Um, for every vaccine, the real ones, because as we know, the, the Pfizer drug and the Moderna drug are mRNA, um, there is a tax issued on every shot to help pay for the system. And the system itself plays no role in determining who is compensated for harm by a vaccine, any vaccine. Now, there's another system called VICP, Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. And it and the VERS system were set up under what was known as Public Law 99-660. This is the Healthcare Quality Improvement Act of 1986. And it offers immunity from monetary damages for peer review actions and the protection of patients from incompetent physicians. The reality of that, though, I'm going to explain. When the CDC recommends a vaccine for use, it is also then added to the compensation program. The two go hand in hand. And they have tables for every vaccine that's out there based on research that was performed on the vaccine before it goes to market on what kind of reaction or harm might you have from this vaccine. And so based on these tables, if indeed, yes, you had a skin rash, yes, indeed, um, you had, you know, a heart attack, whatever it might be. They have these tables that you just kind of go from left to right and find out what happened to you and go over. And it's like, yeah, that's worth $50,000. If your injury is not listed in that table, then and only then you bring a legal case. And the problem is you're bringing a case against the government. Specifically, the Justice Department is now defending the U.S. government instead of a drug company. Hmm. And adding to the challenge, most vaccines long before COOF were fast-tracked. So the problem is that makes scientific analysis almost impossible. I mean, I remember... Yeah, because I'm kind of a wonky individual. I remember in the late 70s and the 80s reading stuff in the news about after clinical trials of a year or two, uh, there's a new drug if you have an allergy to whatever. And, you know, the Lancet and the New England Journal of Medicine and all these other, uh, other medical publications would have listed all of the testing to say, you know, 10% of subjects got a rash, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that all went into the VICP system and was tracked through VERS and it was all dealt with. The problem is, due to the fast tracking 
And in a past life, I was working with a, a consulting firm that advised companies on how they design and develop their products and so on. And one of the areas I was tackling towards my, my tail end time with that organization was um, I built a body of research about the manufacturing and development of medical products because those are handled differently, both legally and at a manufacturing level, because you've got to deal with issues of sterilization and everything else. So one of the things I found even then was this whole thing about the fast tracking process uh, about that you had the government basically working hand in hand with the manufacturer because the government didn't really understand how to study what it was. So because of all this fast tracking, there's very little data, unlike how there used to be. So those tables are much smaller if they exist at all, which means what? You now more likely have to go directly to court, which is essentially what we're dealing with with KUF. The three drugs in the United States, Pfizer, J&J, &J, and Moderna, and then AstraZeneca in Europe and whatever else is out there. But as far as the U.S. law is concerned, the newer drugs that we're dealing with, they have very little data. And as I said, they're still trying to go through the VERS system. And then, of course, there's the thing that's the elephant in the room. These are emergency use authorization drugs. These aren't, quote unquote, approved. So it wasn't the courts and this process was not developed as part of COOF. It's been around since the 90s. And the other thing, too, is, is that, you know, when it comes to these drugs, this is no different than going to a health food store and buying a testosterone supplement or a hair supplement or weightlifting pills with a label that says this drug is not approved by the FDA. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's essentially what these three shots are because we're using an emergency use authorization. What's equally interesting is, is if you go and look at the language around what normally constituted emergency use, I mean, it was things like literally the plague has reappeared or the influenza of 1918s reappeared, and we're just going to have to accept some loss of life in order to protect the wider body of the public. That's not what we're dealing with. Now, back to our friend Mike Moore over at True Pundit. He covered earlier this year, and I talked about it here on the show, that uh, on one of his, his programs, he talked about that manufacturing facilities for drug makers in the U.S. are heavily compromised since spring of 2020 to support the production goals to get the drugs out for COOF, the regular inspections of those facilities were ceased or, or severely curtailed. Now, what's kind of weird to me is, is that, ironically, Johnson & Johnson got burned earlier this year for quality control issues, and they had to pull back batches of their drugs. And we're going to talk about the batch issue in a moment because it's going to blow your mind. Um, so because of those, those issues, J&J &J had to pull their drug off, off the market in certain areas of the country because they had to go through which manufacturing facilities were not meeting these cleanliness standards or what have you. And, and quite frankly, it wasn't just, you know, hey, we've got a problem in your plant. It's drugs left the door and the drugs are causing reactions that even you think shouldn't be happening. Uh, we got we to gotta pull those batches. But yet Pfizer and Moderna, to my knowledge, have not been investigated the way J&J &J was. And there's rumors out there that the reason why J&J &J got investigated was to throw attention off of Pfizer and Moderna. Now, two folks out there have done quite a bit of work about the VERS system that is very interesting. The first is a guy named Carl Denninger, and the other is a guy named Steve Kirsch, who runs a newsletter on Coof Research. And... The important thing about Carl and Steve is, is they've been filtering the data in the VERS system, equally being aware that, yeah, some of the data that's in there is, is missing or incomplete or by people who aren't medical professionals. They have filtered through all of that in, in the following data points I'm going to share with you. Now, Carl is kind of an interesting guy. He's an investor. 
And he looks into non-traditional research into how he invests. And he's got a website out there that I must have gone to it three or four times going, seriously, the, like this isn't something you left over from years ago, Carl. This is it. He's got a website out there that I swear to God looks like a bulletin board off of a dial-up internet connection from 1994. Um, it's really rudimentary. But then as I thought about it, I thought, you know, that's a great way for him to remain off people's radars by having a website that, that nobody really pays attention to. Plus, the front end of his website is, is very rudimentary with what details there. You've got to go to his website, ask for permission to access it, and then after that, you can get access to his articles. He wrote a book um, a couple of years ago called How Cheap Money is Going to Destroy the World, and I, I posted a lot of detail about this on Sunday, November 7th on the Hashtag Balance page. So what Carl's, uh, Carl did was he went into the VERS system and he conducted his own research. And last Sunday, he was on Mike Moore's show talking about what he found out. And he said, when you look at cases in the VERS system uh, by drug, um, he's finding harm is more prevalent by production number, not the drug itself. Now, I want to be very clear about what I'm saying. I'm not saying or speaking to whether or not these drugs are effective or not effective. That's not where my focus is. This is an entirely different discussion. What I'm saying is, if people have been harmed by these shots, and it's the data in the VERS system, it's specific to batch and which facility it was produced in. Mm. Now, some of you out there might recall, if you pick up flu medicine or cold medicine at a grocery store or even... Uh, pain medications over the counter. If you look on the back next to the expiration date, there should almost always be a batch number there and similar. And that's how the government or the manufacturer can know which facility was this, when was it produced, you know, in case there's a problem. I mean, I hate to use this analogy, but it's like the, the stories that used to be most summers would come up most summers from various hot dog manufacturers saying, uh, there is a finger uh, that's how <laughs> one of our packages of hot dogs be on the lookout. Um, so his zeroing in on production facility, because he's got these tables you can look at, and it's, it's kind of wild because you can see that you've got certain facilities out there that you can tell the, the quality control or something has gone haywire uh, beyond the other things that are, are, are purported to be occurring with, with the various drugs. The other uh, person, Steve Kirsch, he also dug into the, into the very system data, and he also found some things different than what Carl was looking into. And I also posted uh, the article about what, what he was doing um, on November 1st. And one of his findings was is that uh, as of November 1st, there have been more adverse events reported for the covert COVID vaccines than all 70-plus vaccines combined since the system came online 30 years ago. Wow. Next up, he believes that based on you know various data and cleaning it up, et cetera, that 150,000 people have died from reactions to the shots. Now, whether that's from the spring of 2020 to today or some other increment of time, I don't know. Um, and I'm simplifying on the following, but again, from his findings, because he's got a lot of detail out there and you can go, you can go read it. Um, most of the reactions are heavily centered on blood and tissue of the body are, are most affected by these shots. And the groups who are the most vulnerable then as a result are women and kids. Now, we've heard about the topic of the spike protein before. And per Steve Kirsch, his comment was, is that the spike protein that is produced in response to the delivery of the mRNA is cytotoxic and results in blood clots, inflammation, 
and scarring throughout the body, which creates a wide variety of severe events, more than any other vaccine in history. Right. Wow. So if you believe you or someone you know has been harmed by a shot, uh, one of the pieces of advice out there is, is it's important you get a cytokine panel produced. And uh, CG, if you pull up that website for me, um, this is a test for cytokines. And cytokines are factors in your blood who can lead to inflammation. And when these are elevated high enough, they can you know, result in quite a bit of harm. So uh, the website is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash covidlonghaulers.com. Now, there's a lot of places where you could have this type of blood test performed. I'm only pointing out this group of folks because they have quite a bit of, of detail uh, about what they do, what they look for, et cetera, in these tests and, and working with them or reviewing the data they already have. And again, I posted this um, on the Vela's page last, last night. So that concludes Vela's content for today. Unbelievable. Vela's, that's, uh, that's remarkable, especially the last bit of data you've uh, given us. Uh, about the Veris system, we know there's been a lot of. I mean, it's, it's difficult even to put a report together. It takes so much time, and uh, a lot of the medical facilities are not doing it. And you know, in between taking care of patients and doing TikTok videos, right, it's near right. impossible. Well, and you know, the other thing too is, is, is <laughs> as I often find myself saying to clients. Uh, we'll find ourselves in, in various kinds of discussions and I'll, I'll look at everyone and laugh and go, this sounds like math. Is this math? Because if it's math, I need somebody else to get involved. <laughs> this is, this is not my area of expertise, but this is where, like with Carl, I mean, he's, you know, I say quirky because he's, he's not what you'd expect, but he, he for years has made investment decisions based on looking at, um, rather unusual areas of the market. You know, I mean, it's kind. Of, I mean, I used to joke with people for years about uh, keep an eye on the trade in emeralds in South America because they're one of the the few precious stones out there that De Beers doesn't track, and so they're a great way to launder money. And there were people I knew who made various uh, commodities investment decisions, whether metals or what, whatever else, based on who was moving a lot of emeralds around in the South American markets. But that that takes a, a real deep level of understanding to take advantage of those opportunities. If opportunities were easy, everybody would do it. Correct. So the thing about Carl is, is that he was digging into this originally, not because, I mean, he has an opinion. Let's be candid. He has an opinion on the coof. He has a very strong opinion on the coof, but um, <laughs> he was looking at it purely from, and I, I, there's no other way for me to say that. Can I, can I make money off this? You know, he yeah. was looking at the major pharmaceutical firms saying, okay, you know, they've, they, they're making quite a bit of coin off this. How much longer is that going to last? Because the market being the market, I mean, we've talked about this here on the show. I mean, Pfizer, dear God, I mean, they go from $40 billion in one year to $80 billion. Yeah. But in, I mean, V, I mean, man, I'm really barking up your tree here. I mean, in the world, in the world of Manhattan, you know, the way those cats operate, uh, the response would be, that's great. What are you doing for me next year? It's right. like, well, but what they're doing is unholy and unnatural. Yeah, I don't care about that. What's my margin? Um, <laughs> this... <laughs> <laughs> this guy was digging into it to saying, how much longer can this go on? And he was looking for other things that might become public. Because the other thing is, Mike Moore has said for some time, that there's a, a uh, and yeah, I, I wouldn't use the word conspiratorial, but but to me, conspiracies are just business. Um, Moore's comment a couple of months ago was is that he was getting rumors and stuff from people who provide him detail that Pfizer's in trouble. Uh, that there's a lot of, uh, of what's been going on 
And as we've seen in the news of late, you know, if the CEO himself has to get out there and start calling anybody who questions his firm's products as a terrorists criminal. yeah. and criminals, you got to know there's a problem. I mean, right. we, you know, it's kind of like the Rittenhouse thing, and I, I don't want to get too too much into that. But I mean, you guys did a great job with that coverage yesterday, and Gus was was spot on like a laser beam. But when the media starts reacting as violently as they are to such an obvious situation of you guys have lost. You know, I'm talking about the Rittenhouse situation. You guys have lost. I don't care how you spin this, you've lost. Even the Young Turks, and I agree with you, V, on your feelings on that clown who's on that show. Um, even Young Turks are backpedaling, trying to protect what reputational capital they have left. Well, maybe there's other things to this case we need to look into. And it's the same thing here with Pfizer. And what Moore was talking about was is that um, there's going to be a move toward the pill and yep. there's going to be a move towards supporting Moderna with mm. J&J just in the wings. But that Pfizer may may take a serious, I wouldn't say mortal wound. It would take a lot to take Pfizer out. Plus, you know, we're, we're dealing with private equity again, and we know how they operate. Um, but but they're going to they're gonna take a hit on this. And, of course, you know, I've, I've said this on the show a couple times myself, and I'm, I'm not saying it lightly because I live in an area like like CJ where this this – this is where we live, what I'm about to say. Um, we're, we're talking about the same industry that killed and maimed thousands, if not more, um, with opiates. Yep. And paid fines and certain wealthy families ste- stepped away from their pharmaceutical firms and, and had sweetheart deals with prosecutors because we're, we're not going to prosecute them. They've got their own lobbyists. I remember when... when uh, in one of my graduate programs, I was had a classmate who said something about one of our other classmates who came from an incredibly wealthy family, and and we were sitting in a bar, and the guy looked at me and he goes, "I hear that uh, that guy's family's got a lobbyist in Washington D.C." and I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Why the hell would they have a lobbyist?" I'm like, "They're worth hundreds of millions of dollars, like lots of hundreds of millions of dollars." I said, "You know, when Gaddafi was killed, his his market value was like 350, 400 million. They've got more money than Gaddafi." Gaddafi was was a dictator running an oil, an oil country. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like they are countries. Of course, they've got lobbyists. They've got interests in everything. And let's so, not forget, man. I mean, when you look at FDA drug recalls, twelve thousand seven hundred and eighty-seven thousand FDA approved drugs have been recalled, averaging one thousand two hundred and seventy-nine drugs per year. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we can trust them. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Everything, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Well, and as, as we've discussed on this show, and I've, I've made analogies to it, and there's a lot of folks in the alternative community who've been talking about it. If this was, again, I'm, I'm not speaking lightly. We're talking about an unbelievable cost in human lives here. Whether, you know, I've got friends in D.C. who've made the comment to me, hey, look, man, come on. You know that um, Governments overdo it. You know, they're scared of their public. They, they, you know, all of us here in Western Europe and the United States are really clueless on how to solve some of these really complex problems. And of course, you know, my comment was, um, yeah, but you also worked with me and you know that if you really want to solve that problem, you can hire MITRE, you can hire RAND, you can hire a whole host of other companies that most people have never even heard of. The, the problem is one of willpower. And I said, the status quo is what's going on. But I said, this isn't just the normal apathy in governments. Apathy is why we had an opiate crisis that killed all the people that that killed. And we're still cleaning that up because the opiates are still out there. Right. 
But I said, that's not this. And that's the problem. If money was it, they can find a hundred different ways. I mean, hell, they could have just gone with the whole flu shot thing. Because I raised this on a show previously a week or two ago where I said, I've got a number of people coming to me now telling me that, that their organizations, both, both in the commercial space and, and, and government space, both at the state and federal level, have said to them, well, now that you've had these shots for the coup, we're now making it mandatory. You have to have the annual flu shot. Now, I know some people have said, well, but you don't have to pay for it. Well, <laughs> eventually you may have to. And you're paying for it one way or another because if the government's paying for it, that's your money. Yeah. You, you are the government. This is, this is your money keeping the lights on, folks, in case you didn't get the memo. So, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see where the next couple of weeks go. There's, there's certainly a narrative out there. Uh, I picked up in a couple of different places where, where folks are saying that the powers that be are going to ride this out into 2022, early in 2022, see how many more people they can get vaccinated on a regular cycle of taking those drugs, how many other people uh, are going to get away with being able to claim uh, natural immunity uh, or uh, a religious exemption of some kind, and then past that point, um, you know, the the general theme will just be, well, you got to go with the, the pill. But see, there's no way to trace the pill. So then that will have played itself out. So then what's the next phase? Well, there's a whole group of people that feel, well, now the next phase is is, is this whole thing about about the environment. And that's why we're here at Rogue to keep an eye on these things for you and try to make sense of the chaos. Absolutely. Very well said. Velas, thank you so much for being on and sharing all this info with us, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, CJ, anything you want to say? No, uh, good stuff. Uh, you know, good good assessment. I, um, I, I think you're spot on in terms of the next move with the pharmaceuticals and, you know, what they take place in terms of their, what's their next money extraction, you know, scam what how are they going to make money off of this as as they pivot from the vaccine at some point to the pill and and then essentially it becomes like an annual thing it's just um just amazing to watch this it really is it's amazing to watch except we're not we're not in the audience we're involved exactly <laughs> very well said very well said Gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, coming on. And again, folks, you can catch Velas also at the Discord channel. Uh, email CJ, CJ at roguenews.com, CJ at roguenews.com, and he will send you the Discord link so you can participate in the group discussions and also check out roguenews.com. Uh, the other interviews that we did there uh, are up there. Joaquin Flores, that was an amazing interview. Yes, Alex, it was. Yep, Alex um, um, Krasner, uh, another amazing interview as well. Alex has some important points. And these guys are going to be monthly. They're going to be coming on Rogue every month uh to to you know exclusively on you know on this channel to to share uh you know their their research and share the the stories and the, and their ideas of what the hell's going on in the world and uh it's going to be amazing simply amazing one I other good buddy i was gonna say one other one other point uh v folks uh, also if you're trying to get on um the discord page there is a link on the rogue news website uh roguenews.com uh, just go there. It's on the right-hand side of the page. I think it's purple or blue. If you just kind of scroll down a little bit, there's a hot link there to just throw your name in the hopper, and then you can you can. It'll send you an email later after after we vet you. But that's another way to get there rather than filling up poor CJ's email box. Exactly. Very well said. And with that being said, folks, we're at the end of the program. And uh, CJ, take it away. All right, gentlemen.